This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. Friends, a lot has happened since I last told you a story. Everyone in my house has been sick at least once. This is becoming a fun trend. We moved my tiniest tiny person into a big girl bed. Very exciting. And I moved into a brand new studio. I'm really happy to be in this new studio, but I do feel a little out of sorts since everything is new. Also, the spiders that were hanging out in the corners of my old studio, you know, the ones typing out angry emails to me on occasion, they're still packing up their stuff to join me. So until they get here, it's a touch too sterile, I'd say. It's also incredibly quiet. Let me fix that. Ah, not the right mood. I need something calmer. That is too calm. I'm going to tell you a story. I can't fall asleep. Ah, yes, just right. Tiny people, today's story is the first part of another two-part story. The last one, the mistake artist, went over so well and was so popular and won so many awards. Okay, it hasn't won awards yet. There's still time. Anyway, it went so well, I decided to do it again. That's right, I'm throwing the rules out the window. Well, I I don't have a window in here. It's quite hot, actually. I'm throwing the rules out the door of my new studio. If a two-part story lands in my imagination, well, by golly, I'm gonna share it. So, let's do this thing. Oh, and by the way, it's a super fun one. You're gonna love it. Let's get to our story. It's part one of a giant story. Take it away, Helen and Isaac. Remember, there are no pictures. You have to imagine the pictures in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, here you go. Luigi sighed. Oh, come on. He was perched on the edge of a vast kitchen sink and he had just dropped his sponge. Luigi knelt down and rested the enormous plate he was washing against the edge of the sink. He slipped down the side of the basin and grabbed his sponge. He climbed back up using a ladder and began scrubbing at the plate once more. It was completely covered in crumbs. Avi flew in the window, perched on the faucet, and looked at the plate. Ugh, what did he have today? Looks like sausage, eggs, and a side of eyeballs. Ew, those are not eyeballs. They're mushrooms. Look like eyeballs to me. Avi was a pigeon, a very nosy pigeon. She liked to flit about to the different plate washers and spread rumors and bother them. She was also Luigi's best friend. He didn't get out much. 
Avi, would you mind flying off to bother, I mean, talk to someone else? I have three hours, I have to make this plate spotless, and I need every second of it. Oh, yes. Remember that one time you left a speck of barbecue sauce on there? (laughs) Remember how Bixby made you stay late and taste test his new cupcake recipe? Luigi sighed. What was the new flavor? Can't quite recall. Was it eyeballs? No, it was eggplant. Oh, yes. Eggplant cupcakes with ginger frosting, if I recall. Avi laughed to herself. Luigi did not laugh. Luigi worked at a furious pace, all the while thinking about what he'd do when he got home later. Water his Venus flytrap, prune his bonsai trees, and brush his cat, Julian. His dream of all dreams was to enter Julian in a cat show. Julian was an incredibly beautiful cat with a tortoiseshell coat. Luigi knew, just knew, he could train Julian to be a cat show champion. But there was no way Luigi could ever get enough time off work to prepare for and attend, and of course win, a cat show. So, Luigi put it out of his mind. He tuned out Avi's incessant prattling. And then I told him I would give my right wing. And he pulled his focus back to the meditative task of cleaning Bixby's enormous plate. Bixby was a giant. You might think, Bixby can't be the giant. It doesn't sound at all like a giant name. But you would be wrong. Bixby is a perfectly normal name for a giant. Bixby and Luigi lived in a faraway land not found on our maps. His town was run by giants. Big giants and bigger giants. Giants with enormous ears and giants with ginormous ears. Giants with toenails the size of the windows in your home. Unless you have very small windows, and in that case, they have toenails much bigger than your windows. Bixby lived an ordinary life by giant standards. And part of an ordinary life of a giant back then was to eat every meal alone. And eat it very fast. We're talking two minutes and to only own one plate. Even two plates would have been very unusual for a giant. Why, you may be wondering, did giants eat alone very fast? Well, part of it is that the way they eat is just disgusting, and the giants themselves were even disgusted by watching other giants eat. And why did they only have one plate? Look, I'm just a storyteller here. If you want all this information, you know, you're going to have to go to a giant expert. Moving on. Giants did not clean their own plates. Preposterous idea. No. Giants had to factor into their budget payment for a small person, our size, to be their very own plate washer. Each plate washer was paid one gold coin a day. Not a lot of money, but if one was careful... 
It was just enough to live a life that might include a Venus flytrap, two bonsai trees, and a gorgeous, would-be champion cat. Luigi was Bixby's plate washer, and his day went like this. Arrive at Bixby's house as the sun crests the hill. Put on plate washing gloves and ready self at sink. Two minutes later, Bixby finishes his breakfast on his enormous plate, brings plate to sink. Work for three hours cleaning the plate, set plate on drying rack, Bixby arrives not four minutes later, eats in approximately two minutes, back within eight minutes with dirty plate. Process repeats itself. Basically, all that's to say, Luigi spent his entire day, his entire life, cleaning one plate over and over and over. This was not unusual. In every single other giant house in town, there was a plate washer exactly like Luigi. And every single plate washer washed one single plate over and over. And that was life. And that was fine. At the end of the night, Luigi went home, fed his Venus flytrap, an unlucky bug, pruned his bonsai trees just a touch brushed Julian 27 times, anything less, and he would get matted, and went to sleep. Until one day, something unexpected happened. Luigi arrived at Bixby's house just as the sun crested the hill. He readied himself for the day, put on his gloves, and waited. A few minutes later, Bixby rounded the corner into the kitchen with his used plate. Good morning, Luigi. Luigi realized he'd forgotten his earplugs. Even when giants whispered, their voices were much too loud for a small person's ears. Luigi fished his earplugs out of his pocket and shoved them into his ears. Oh, it's better. Uh, Good morning, Bixby. Bixby put his plate into the sink, and Luigi got to work. Luigi then noticed, as he scrubbed and scrubbed, that Bixby was still standing there. That was strange. And he was holding another plate. That was unheard of. Uh, and, uh, Luigi... Uh, I'd appreciate it if you'd clean Forrester's plate as well today. Uh, his person is, is, well, she's out sick. Of course I'll pay you extra. Luigi watched as Bixby dropped the second plate into the sink. Before he could say anything in reply, Bixby disappeared. Luigi could hear him down the hall saying something to Forrester, the neighbor. Luigi will do a fine job. Don't worry about a thing. Naturally, Avi picked this precise moment to swoop in through the window and settle in her perch on the faucet. I don't want to hear it, Luigi grumbled as he scrubbed even faster. Are my ears failing me? Or did I hear Bixby say Forrester's plate washer is... Sick, Luigi grunted. Well, now that's interesting. Luigi didn't look up. Because I heard... 
Well, <laughs> I really shouldn't say. Then don't say it, Luigi grumbled. You'd really have to twist my wing for me to tell you something like this. <laughs> well, I'm busy, so maybe you can go have someone else twist your wing. Oh gosh, I, I wouldn't want to set off some kind of revolt. Luigi chanced to look at Avi. She was looking at him meaningfully. Of course, he had no idea what the meaning was, but he knew she wouldn't stop until he took the bait. Fine, pretend I'm twisting your wing. <gasps> well, if you insist, I find it interesting that Forrester's plate washer is said to be sick when I know for a fact she walked off the job. Walked off the job? Now Avi had Luigi's attention. He looked up at her fully now, though he kept scrubbing blindly. Yes, and I'll prove it. Take a look at Forrester's plate. Luigi hadn't even had a chance to look at the plate until then. He glanced over at it. It was dirty, all right. Except for a piece of it that had already been cleaned. Strange. Do you believe a plate washer could be overcome with sickness in the middle of cleaning a plate? Luigi looked back down at his work. It's possible, I suppose. Is it? Really? Hmm. Well, I happened to see the plate washer in question, Jordana, just minutes before this sickness would have overcome her. And she looked perfectly well to me. And not only that, she was muttering something about having had quite enough, thank you very much, and I ought to just walk on out of here and get back to building me little machines at home, I should, thank you very much. Luigi again looked up. Could it be true? Could Jordana have walked off the job? If it was true, it would be the first case of such a thing happening. It just wasn't done. Anyway, I'll be going now. Hey, wait. Oh, now you want me here. Interesting. I'm sorry, I have knitting club. Wait, come on. Do you know anything else? Hey, and how do you knit with wings? But she was already out the window. Luigi spent the next few hours cleaning two plates, his mind turning over what he'd just learned. The rest of the day went like molasses. Luigi kept looking at the clock, getting more and more frustrated as time seemed to slow down accordingly. At six o'clock, he should have been up at his sink, waiting for Bixby to drop the two dinner plates in. But he had fallen asleep in the brief window of time he'd had while Bixby and Forrester ate their dinners. Bixby strode into the kitchen with the plates, not even noticing Luigi lying on the floor, hands splayed out. As he crossed to the sink, Bixby heard a tiny, and then seconds later, a help. Bixby looked down. He'd stepped on Luigi's hand. Luigi was rolling around in the ground, howling in pain. His hand was swelling rapidly, going red all over. Ice, please. Bixby ran to the freezer and grabbed a hunk of ice, but it was the size of Luigi, so he had to chip off a small piece and tuck it in a tiny piece of cloth. He handed it down, and Luigi clutched it to his throbbing hand. 
Luigi could barely hear Bixby's stream of apologies. Oh, I'm so sorry. Even though he hadn't had time to put his earplugs back in, he leaned against a wall, panting, holding his mangled red hand against his chest. Later that night, after Bixby had walked Luigi home, with Luigi in his hand, Luigi curled up in bed while Julian nuzzled against him and licked his cheek. It had all been quite overstimulating, the whole thing. Luigi had wailed and turned over on the floor while Bixby had run to fetch his great book of giant rules for living. He'd flipped through to a page headlined, Plate Washer Guidelines. In the event that any giant crushes the hand of his or her plate washer, Bixby read, the plate washer shall be given no more and no less than three whole days to recover before returning to work. Three days it is then, Luigi. Okay. Luigi had murmured, cradling his hand as it throbbed. Luigi had never had more than a morning off work. As he rested that night, with Julian tucked beside him, Luigi fell into a deep, dreamless sleep. The following day, Luigi didn't leave his bed. Julian brought Luigi his breakfast and a hot water bottle. He brought him another ice pack. He even bit off a tiny piece of one of Luigi's bonsai trees after Luigi saw it was growing in the wrong direction. People think cats can't be trained, and they're right. You can't train ordinary cats. But Julian was special. It was nice to spend the day with his would-be champion cat. Well, it would have been nice had his hand not been swollen and throbbing from being crushed by a giant. On the second day at home, Luigi ate. He made his way out of bed, leaning against Julian when he needed to, and got himself into his tiny kitchen. And he ate. He ate like he'd never eaten before. He'd never had so much time to eat. And he had nothing else to do, given that his hand was still throbbing, and Julian had taken up the tasks of feeding Miranda, the Venus flytrap, and pruning the bonsai trees. Avi stopped by at a quarter past three. She flew in the window like she owned the place. Her eyes went wide as she saw the spread on the table in front of Luigi. There were beans, limas, garbanzos, lentils, and... Are those eyeballs? They're black-eyed peas. Why are you eating so many different types of beans? What is happening here? Avi fluttered her wings and fixed Luigi with a sharp look. Did you come here just to bother me? Yes. Oh, wait, actually, no. I had one other thing to tell you. Jordana is gone. Huh? She disappeared overnight. Remember I told you how she was grumbling? Well, she's not sick. She's fed up. And she left. Where'd she go? Oh, some say she vanished into the enchanted forest. Some say she was whisked off by a dragon. Some say she floated away in a cloud. Others say no one has said any of those things, have they? Well, 
No, but those would be interesting ideas, wouldn't they? Avi, just leave me in peace, okay? As you wish. She dashed out the window, most assuredly on her way to bother another plate washer during his or her shift. That night, Luigi's hand throbbed even more than during the day. He felt like he wanted to run away from it, but of course it remained stubbornly attached to him, reminding him at every moment of what kind of life he would head back to in two days' time. He was awake the whole night, listening to Julian purring nearby and imagining them both on the first-place pedestal at the regional cat show. In the morning, after eating breakfast and brushing Julian 27 times, and after serving up an unlucky bug to Miranda, Luigi fashioned a sling for his hand and left his small house. He had no idea where he was going, but he was tired of being locked up, tired of feeling sorry for himself. He walked straight through town, dodging giant's feet as he went. Then he walked straight out of town, into the trees of the forest. He hadn't taken a forest walk in ages. The sun was up, the sky was blue, birds chirped in the branches. For the first time in a long time, Luigi felt like he could breathe. And as he walked, he remembered something he had forgotten a long time ago. As a small person living in the land of giants, Luigi usually felt like an outsider. Size-wise, he didn't fit in at all. Every building, except for his small house, was made for giants. As a plate washer, he was reminded of this on a near-constant basis. But as he walked through the trees, he felt something else. To the giants, the trees were the size of toothpicks. In fact, they plucked them from the ground to use as toothpicks. But to Luigi, the trees were tall and strong. They were his protectors, providing shade and cover. Here, in the natural world, Luigi fit just fine. And it was there, among the trees, that he remembered that the world itself was, in fact, made for him. And he was not strange at all, not in any way that truly mattered. So much of what he had accepted as truth about life were simply giant beliefs that he had accepted as his own. But they were not his own, and he did not have to accept them. And as this very small but important thought clicked into place in his mind, He realized what he had to do and where he had to go. Luigi turned around and headed back through the trees, back through the town, and for the moment forgot about the throbbing in his hand. The only thing on his mind was what he had to do next. Friends, that is the end of part one. I know, isn't this thrilling? Two-part stories are so fun. My rule book is 
all the way out the door. Maybe I'll even toss it out the upstairs window when I get out of here. I would love to get some art inspired by this story. If you'd like to draw Luigi and the giant, maybe Julian the cat, or Avi the bird, please do. Send me an email with your art and I'll be happy to share it. Special thanks to the wonderfully inventive listeners who provided sound effects in today's story. Thank you, Mackenzie, Mariam, Gemma, Moselle, Felix, Kaylin, and Reed. Keep sending in these sound effects. I need everyday sounds as well as super creative ones. Have fun with it. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house technical director, Peter Kay, runs my website and makes sure my stories make it onto the internet for all of you to enjoy. Thank you to everyone who has shared the podcast with a friend. And thank you to those who have left reviews, written blog articles, or otherwise helped make the stories easier to find for families around the world. It means so much to me. You can also show your support for the podcast by purchasing my picture book, Little Fox Can't Wait to Dream. You can find it on my website, littlestoriestinypeople.com, and click on the tab at the top that says book. The proceeds from the book help me fund the podcast. Okay, friends, I'm off to have some eyeballs. I mean, lunch. I'll be back soon with part two. Thank you, as always for listening in.